The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. And today's date is, uh, let's see... November 29th, 2023. I hope you're all having a good day. And, um, yeah, I think I am. started working on a paper for my doctorate, and uh, I don't believe the instructions were very clear, so I had to ask for help, and I still don't think the, the help is that clear. So I'm just going to give it a shot anyway. We'll see what's going to happen. And uh, I wrote some articles uh, this week. Was it this week? Wait, today's Wednesday. This week? Sunday, weekend, Saturday. any rate, I wrote some articles on uh, did Jesus commit suicide? Uh, an atheist actually presented an argument uh, that Jesus committed suicide, which is <laughs> like, uh, brother. And I said, you mean he nailed himself to the cross? And uh, it was a kind of a, a semi-sophisticated argument that he was trying to uh, to make. And then I, I asked him in a chat room, I said, so and what's the goal of this? He's, listen, I don't grant that your position is correct, but let's just say, you know, it is. What's your goal? Then I win, he said. I said, you win? You win what? And he said, the argument. So that's it? That's the whole thing to try and win an argument? I, he goes, yes. <laughs> just like, whoa. So that's your goal. But that must be pretty shallow for atheists lately if they're saying, my goal is to win any argument. You know, and I guess they're just getting desperate, handed their rears, having their rears handed to them all the time by competent Christians who uh, know how to answer the uh, the problems, mooey problems with, uh, with uh, atheism. Anyway, so hey, look, if you want, you give me a call. Uh, you can dial 877 And if you want, uh, you can email me. You can do it either way. Email me. And that's at info at karm.org. Info at karm.org. And uh, you can just put in a radio comment, radio question, uh, things like that for the... Um, for, I'm distracted. I'm just Because a thought came out of my mind. You know, I, I, I'm trying to get my wife to come on the radio. Now, she's afraid to speak in public. And uh, she's, as you guys know, she's had a lot of uh, medical problems, lots. And uh, she's really suffering a lot. And she she keeps her faith. And her brothers, she has two surviving brothers who have mocked Christ recently. And uh, they said, you know, I forget the exact conversation, but uh, uh, it was... Uh, that she, God's always good, and they said, "If that's God, your God always being good," referencing her condition, they said, "We well, don't want anything to do with it." I'm gonna. I'm thinking about writing a response to that kind of objection because they want to complain when God doesn't do what they want. When something bad happens, then there is no God. But if something good happens, then still there is no God. So they have hypocritical, inconsistent stuff. So, any rate, um, so I, I've been thinking about that in the past couple of days. So here's the reason I bring this up. You guys out there, guys and girls, you got to pray to see if we can get my wife to come on the radio. All she's got to do is call me up, 
and she could just sit in the comfort of her, of her uh, situation and we can talk and I can ask her questions and if you guys uh, will email me at info at karm org, you know something like get your wife on the radio and uh, she can talk about you know, her trials and tribulations and how she's kept her eyes on the Lord I know there's a lot of people out there who have had a lot of problems uh, medical problems health problems financial problems I mean seriously it's, it's, it's true and so many people are struggling you know with her difficulties and she has been struggling and struggling and struggling and uh, we were at the pain doctor yesterday I'm tempted I'm waiting each time the doctor says how's your pain I'm waiting for her to look at me and go he's right there but she hasn't done that yet so uh, once uh, I was in a doctor's office and the doctor said to her well how's your pain doing and I said I can hear you talking and so uh, she just rolls her eyes, you know, and the doctor chuckled. But uh, at any rate, so the goal is to get her on the air. I do want her to do that. So I've, I've, I've tried to coerce her, to romance her in, to logicalize her in, but nope. So, so I don't know. So you guys, you can email. You know, uh, you know, get Matt's wife on the radio with a subject line, and I'll forward her all the emails, you know, and say, see? And she'll say, don't bother me. I don't want to go on the radio, uh, and stuff like that. But once she lost a bet with one of her kids, and she got on the radio, she had to win. She had to, to do what the, the bet was, because the bet was, you know, if you lose, Mom, you have to get on the radio with Dad. And she goes, okay, because she knew she wasn't going to lose, and she did. <laughs> So she got she got on the air. She talked about child rearing, and man, people were calling up for weeks afterwards saying, "Get her on again!" And that was it. That's the last time she's been on. She has a good radio voice too. So, uh, so Melissa says we want Anique. Yep, you should. You got to email email uh, my wife. You know, just info at karm.org. or get Matt's wife on the radio or whatever it is in the head in the subject line, and I can just forward it. And see, see, hun, see, hun, and then she's going to uh, she's going to whine and she's going to complain. And normally she would hit me. You know, she'd do an arm hit, uh, and which I love. I love arm hits. But uh, if she did, she'd probably hurt herself because she's in such dire you know knees and stuff like that. All right, enough about that. If I, and I hope she's not listening right now because she'll give me one of those looks. You know, those looks that goes with a tone like this. You know, one of those looks that a wife can give their husband. Yeah, ever for this. See my tone? That's how it would be because uh, no arm hits. But tone, facial expression tone. A lot of us husbands are going, <laughs> yeah, I know what that is. And they're cowering right now and having uh, withdrawals or something. Something's happening. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't we get to the the callers? Let's get to Camilla from Wisconsin. Welcome. You are on the air. Hi. My dad Hi. said that there aren't any more prophets after John the Baptist. Um, that's in Matthew 11, verse 13. Mm-hmm. He's right. There's no more but, prophets. Uh, yes. Go ahead. But I was reading in Acts. 13 verse 1 it says now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers Barnabas and Simeon who were called Niger mm-hmm. and Lysias of Cyrene and Manian who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul so who are these prophets if John the Baptist was the last prophet 
So John the Baptist is the last prophet in the style of the Old Testament covenant work. The law and the prophets were until John. So that's uh, Matthew eleven thirteen. It's also Luke sixteen sixteen, and so uh, there aren't any more like that. And then what John the Baptist was was that prophet who spoke directly from God, and he was wrote, written about. And Jesus said, "There's none greater than him," and so that's that. Now in the New Testament, First Corinthians fourteen, you will see uh, prophets, and what that is. And I'm going to go right there and show you what the context is. Okay, and so here we go. And uh, let me put this over here like this so I can get to more words. And so pursue everything, pursue, you know, good things, and uh, especially that you may prophesy. And that's First Corinthians 14, 1. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification. And but one who prophesies edifies the church. And so when we say that the, the New Testament type prophets, what they could do is operate under what's called a charismatic gift. Now, a charismatic gift comes from the Greek charisma. And there are 10 that are given to the church. One of them is, is salvation, First is Romans 6.23, the free gift, gift of charisma. And then the other ones are word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and things like that. Those are the charismatic gifts. And those are given to the church. So in that sense, those kinds of prophets are here. But in the Old Testament style prophets like Moses and Elijah and Isaiah, there aren't any more. There were different kinds, and that's what's going on there. Okay? Oh, okay. All right. Did that help? Can I ask how old you, you are? How old are you? Twelve. Just curious. Twelve. Good. And uh, so you were reading this, and you came up with this on your own? Yes. All right. Good for you. Good for you. Now, you got to learn. Here, I hope your dad's not listening to this, but what you got to do is learn theological principles that are really deep so you can ask him and he'll go, What? All right? Because that's fun to do that to your dad. All right? <laughs> that sound like fun? Yeah. It is. And you could go to my website and you could go to the theology section in there, Christian theology, and you could read through some big, not big articles, but I mean, you could read through there. Look, look up big words. And then memorize what they say and ask them. All right. Hope he's not listening to me because he's going to embarrass you, embarrass him and stuff like that. But uh, he might be looking right now. Listen, I don't know. You can just point behind him. And, What's that? And then leave. But um, what I would do is, is learn those big words. Okay. Okay. So you're Thank smiling, you. aren't you? I can tell you like that idea. It is a good idea. <laughs> my, my girls would do that to me too. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank on. you. You're welcome. Well, God bye. bless. Okay, bye. I love it when kids call. I think we had a, a six-year-old, five or six-year-old once, and uh, that really young, squeaky voice and sentence structure. Oh, man, I just loved it. And it was a ba- I forgot what question it was, but it was a basic question. And, and uh, it was a really good question for a five-year-old or a six-year-old, whatever it was. And uh, I really enjoyed that, so it was good. All right. Hey, if you want to give me a call, we have three open lines, 877-207-2276. Dave from Kansas City. Welcome. You're on the air. Yeah, I'm I'm 60 years older than that little Berean girl that called in. <laughs> 60 years old. Um, I'm older. Wow, you're a septuagenarian. Older, 60 years yeah. older than her. So I'm 72. So. Yeah, you're um, a septuagenarian. Way, I'm I, still a sesagenarian. <laughs> <laughs> 
The um, I, I get on TikTok to argue with this um, Hebrew Israelite. Uh, he wants us to go back under the law and everything, and go back mm-hmm. under kosher and everything. Uh, and and I find that sometimes when I argue with him, it it it, it really helps me. I don't like, I don't get as much of people that agree with me. I get more out of studying the Bible from people that disagree with me because I have to push my own uh, um, preconceived notions. So he came up with this thing in Isaiah 66, verse 17. It's talking about messianic rule, and it says, those who sanctify and purify themselves to the gardens follow one in the center who eats swine's flesh and detestable things and mice will come to an end altogether, declares Yahweh. So what he's saying is that the swine's flesh is still in effect in the Messianic kingdom, so that the kosherit laws were still in effect. Okay. So the question to ask him is, uh, do you interpret mm-hmm. the Old Testament in light of the New or the New Testament in light of the Old? That's the question you want to ask. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And you want to um, to teach him, because the black Hebrew Israelites mm-hmm. are arrogant racists. And no, he's, under he's, a, ge- he's a Gentile white guy that, oh yeah. Okay. Well, there are, there are a lot of offshoots, so I'm not surprised to hear that, but generally speaking, yeah. they're, they're arrogant racists. All right, so... Let me see if I have it in my notes on this. And, uh, yeah, verse 17, I don't have any commentary on it, but it's one of the things. All right. Oh, there's a break. So hold on, and we'll get to okay. uh, to this afterwards and uh, tell you one of the ways to respond. Okay? So hold on, okay, buddy. Thanks, thanks. And we'll be right back mm-hmm. after these messages. If you want to give me a call, we have several open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get uh, back on with Dave as soon as the producer reactivates him. And uh, let's see if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get to Dave. You still there? Yeah. All right, so the yes. context here is the pagans and their false uh, idolatry and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. what God is doing is is uh, condemning them in their unholiness and their lack of sanctification. So these are people mm-hmm. who are under the law. And the Hebrew Israelites uh, are under the law. And there's a significant right. uh, problem with that. Now, right. I'll teach you, teach you a little bit about this or, or run through some scriptures. So you always want to look at what the context is, and and uh, the context, oh, excuse me, is dealing with the uh, the idolaters. They are the ones who are doing just detestable things, eating swine's flesh, detestable things, and mice will come to an end altogether, declares the Lord. All mm-hmm. right. So here's the question. Is this a universal, eternal uh, predicament or situation? And if that's the case... And if they say yes, then you can say, then why did Paul speak to the contrary? You know, meat sacrificed to idols is okay, First Corinthians 10 and Romans 14. Uh, you know, one man is convinced he can do this, another one not. Well, you know, each person is to be fully convinced in his own mind. What I'll do is I'll, I'll run these by them and say, can you please explain them? And then what they do is they sometimes attack mm-hmm. Paul or they'll attack Christ. Mm-hmm. 
They'll attack those errors of scripture. They uh, will call me names. Uh, they will say, I don't understand what I'm talking about, etc. I just you know, let them do their bit. And then I take notes while they're talking. And then I, I turn their notes against them. And so one of the things I'll do is I'll say, okay, look, so when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, did that cleanse us of our sins? Now, it's a trick question because if they say no, and baptism, we'll get into the soteriological issue, and I can do, deal with that. But so did it cleanse us of our sins? Well, um, maybe, maybe not. Uh, yes, it did. I'll hopefully have to say, yes, it good, good. So then if we go to Romans 7, 1 through 4, that's a critical verse because or section because it says there that those who have died with Christ are no longer under the law. That's what he says. Now, Romans 6, 6 says we're crucified with Christ, and Romans 6, 8 says we died with Christ. Colossians 3, 1 through 4, it says we've died with Christ. So here's the question I'd like to ask them. If I have died with Christ by my by faith and in him, then I'm no longer under the law according to the scriptures. Is that not correct? And they'll see the problem they're going to have right away. Because they want to live under the law in their self-righteousness. But if I go to the New Testament and show how we've died with Christ, then uh, they won't be able to respond adequately from Scripture. And I can show them that they're still under the law. There's more, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. They'll call you antinomian then. They say, no, I'm not antinomian. Because I'll say, when people accuse us of antinomianism, which is, for those who don't know, we can sin that grace may abound. So you've got to read Romans 6, Mm -hmm. 1 uh, 1 and 2. May we sin that grace Mm -hmm. may abound, may it never be. And I say to to those who accuse us, I say, you don't understand what regeneration is. Because God declares us righteous when we die with him. And when we are justified, we're also regenerated, made new creatures, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We're born again, John 3, 3 through 8. So therefore... We are not sitting here going out to violate the law. And mm-hmm. that's not it. And then and I'll say, and besides, when I quote to you Romans 7, 1 through 4, you call Paul an, an antinomian. So you're disagreeing with Paul the Apostle. And why is it, and I'll ask him, why is it when I bring up a verse, then you accuse me of failures? But that's what the scriptures say. You understood it, and yet you contradict the scriptures. And then I'm going to go to Galatians 3 at this point. Galatians 3 is really cool. It sounds cool at the beginning. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing that I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? See, that's the flesh. Those are the issues of the law. You are still under the law. You are the Galatians that Paul is condemning in your legalism. And you accuse us of antinomianism, which means you don't understand what it means to be born again. Because you've not died with Christ. You're not dwelt with God. You are not born again. You're under that law, and you're going to live by that law, and you'll die by that law. Okay? Yeah, I don't... I don't think he's he's not saying that he he's he's saying that he uh, we're justified by faith through grace alone. He's saying that that when we eat swine's flesh or don't keep kosher, we are violating God's holy commandment. Now he'll when I say Jesus declared all clean things clean and and uh, the sheet that Peter had, he'll say that only had to do with the the the, the prophecy about the Gentiles coming and had nothing to do with. Um, uh, 
and to gain the kosher okay. at laws. Yeah, well, you can ref- just, instead of debating him on that, just go to Romans 14. All right, starting okay. at verse 2. Verse 2, one person has faith, he may eat mm-hmm. all things, but he was mm-hmm. weak, eats vegetables only. Does all things include yeah. pork? I ask him. Does it I, include I pork? I think so, but he would say yeah. no. Yeah. And see, oh, so mm-hmm. when it says all things, it doesn't mean all things. So when it says all things, right. it doesn't mean that. It means the opposite of what it says, not all things. And said, for one yeah, who eats... He said it would it, be no- Go ahead. Yeah. Well, he would say it means all things like um, all is uh, the only clean things. Like, for instance, uh, for God so loved the whole world, it doesn't mean the whole world. It means the world of the elect. In other words, all doesn't mean all uh, always. Well, that's another topic in John three sixteen, which is yeah, close, but no cigar there. Yeah, I know, I know, but One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he was weak, eats vegetables mm-hmm. only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat mm-hmm. is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. And I, I would ask him, are you judging anybody for eating pork? Yes, he is. I'd say then you're violating Romans 14.3. All right. Uh-huh. And so ask him also, do you have to worship on Saturday? And what does he say? Oh, yeah, he would say so. Yeah. Okay. Verse five. One person regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. See, so yeah. I'd say if if every day means every day and one person regards it every day alike, why is it that the Sabbath here is included in the in the uh, the larger group of every day? And what they'll generally say is it is not. Can you show me from the right. context that it's not? I say, just saying it doesn't make it so, because what you're doing is is you're you're submitting the scriptures to your position, not your position to scripture. And this is why you, I'll say to them, you know, depending where they're at, this is why you're in a cult, or this is why you're you're a legalist, or this is why you're failing to understand the truth. Yeah. Well, it makes me sharper debating him. I know that Good. because I have to okay, prove my point, not just rely on the tradition and everything, but it makes me sharper. But sometimes he throws me curveballs and everything, and I just need your uh, advice on But I thank you for being there for me. Well, yeah, no problem. I would like it if he called up the show and debated me on these things. Okay. I'll, I'll tell him to call. Is a, on yeah. TikTok, his name is Leaving, Christ, Leaving Churchianity. Yeah. Leaving Churchianity. He yeah. even has a clip I, on Flactory. Okay, hold on. We got a break. Hold on. I want to hear what you had to say, but we got a break coming up here. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Hopefully, Dave will still be on. If you want to give me a call, 877 207 2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. We still have Dave on, I think. Dave, are you still there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were going to say something, and then we had the break, so what was that? You know, this this guy is, he's got a lot of scripture. He, uh, you know, every time I try to combat him on something, he'll have a, like, he has a clip on um, phylactery. Then he clips on his thing, so he's got that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! He wears uh, no, a phylactery, really? Does he? A clip-on, so he can put it on any garment that he wears. 
Okay. Well, I would love to talk to this guy and say, hey, how's your righteousness oh, I know. going? I, it would be great. Uh, I know. Are you doing enough? Uh, I know. Uh, I, listen, uh, you know, he, and he just mocks us all over the place. He think, thinks that, you know, again, uh, we are uh, distorting the scriptures because uh, Jesus' commandments mean all of the Old Testament commandments. That if we uh, violate any of them, we will not be in. And he has ways around certain things, but um, it just—it's just an argument that that basically it argues around uh, swine flesh and and the kosherite laws. That he he swears that they're just uh, um, there for uh, letting the Gentiles into the church have nothing to do with the food itself. Uh-huh. So I'm curious, does he practice uh, sacrifices? Is he still under the law? So does no, he do sacrifices? No, he has a way around that. Yeah, yeah he saying? said that that you know the sacrifices are not made now because just the sacrifices were not made during the dispersia between uh, uh, the, the 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 temple between when Solomon's temple was destroyed and the Jews went into dispersia and in in, in um, um, Babylon and they didn't have a sacrifice then they're in dispersia now it's the same thing it's a period of grace between uh, that those oh, exiles. Okay. So then they're supposed to do uh, sacrifices. Is that what he's saying? Well, they were you supposed see, to do it then when Nehemiah, I mean, Nehemiah. And, right, no, right now. Too, Are we supposed to do them right no. now? That's the question. No, well, they, they don't have a temple. They're in dispersia. So he, is he supposed to do sacrifices right now? Well, he would say that's my sacrifices in Christ. So, but that's New Testament law. That's New Testament. I mean, well, he, he does believe in the New Testament. That's the sad oh, part. Okay. Yeah. He's going to call. He, I'd love to call him. I'd love to call me. I'd I'll love to dismantle his, his thing. Yeah. I know. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, it takes all out of me. But, you know, as you said, I, and then as you've demonstrated, that arguing with the oppos- opposition makes you a stronger person because you yes, have to does. do your homework and don't just accept everything that you've been taught. So it makes you stronger. And I thank you yes. for your ministry. Well, you're welcome. And uh, I, I'm glad you're, you're doing it. And, we, we've talked before. We talked in other venues besides the radio. Your your voice. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big supporter of yours. We're on. We're we're, we're tight. Are you on uh, Discord or uh, Clubhouse? Uh, uh, Clubhouse and this. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. That's where I've heard your voice before. So uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have a nice, distinct voice. So good. Well, you know, yeah. I'm going back on Clubhouse periodically now, more and more. Even though I'm so busy, but you know. <laughs> But uh, it was on last night for a little bit. Nothing interesting was really happening. Since they did this update uh, a few months ago, they killed it. So, anyway. All right. Well, good. Good right. for you. Yeah. Thank you. See if this guy will call me. See if this guy will call me. I will. We can discuss something on Thanks. Clubhouse or Discord or someplace else. No. I'd love that. I'll try to get this guy to, to uh, you know, I put turned him on to several, uh, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of R.L. Solberg. Dr. Solberg, he does a, a great apologetics against the Hebrew uh, Torah keepers and stuff like that. But he good. He just uh, his, you know, it's it just he won't listen. Yeah, and also Vocab Malone, if you know who he is, he's fantastic. No. Vocab Malone. Okay. Um, he, uh, I spent some time with him down in Arizona a couple of years ago, and we just drove around, and he would just, I said, just teach me, teach me about Hebrew Israelites for two hours. He was just going and going, and he really knows the topic. So he's also a great guy for that. 
they call them themselves Torah babies. Uh, I've heard several members of Torah babies. Uh, there, there are some members of these offshoot groups, and they're all Gentile. That's the sad part. Well, I'd like to ask him a question. Uh, anyone who mm-hmm. wants to keep the law, I say, what's the reason you want to keep it? And then that's one question. Uh, I want to see what they're going to say. The other one is, they would do say you because keep Jesus yourself- commanded it. Okay. And uh, I'll say, where does he command it? And that's another thing. And well, then they said, t- if, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And which commandments did he, did he give? Well, they would refer to the, we refer to the two commandments, love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. and love the Lord your God as all your heart mm-hmm. and all soul and mind. They would put it back under the 418 commandments of the Old Testament. 613, just so you know. I would say, well, oh, like show that, me that okay. in the scriptures. Don't don't grant that they just say something is mm-hmm. true. They show it to me in the New mm-hmm. Testament. Show me where Jesus okay. said to keep the Old Testament law. And then I'm going to say, what about the book of Hebrews? Because of the book of Hebrews in, in Hebrews 8, 17, or excuse me, 8, 13 and 9, 15 through 16 talks about the Old Covenant being done away with, or abrogated, I should say. And so we're now no longer well, under say- that law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would say uh, so. It because it's abrogated that that doesn't mean it was God's heart and that's God's desire that we these were it's not stupid. God's plans. It's for stupid. Us. It's a stupid argument. Sorry, but it is. It's not God's heart. Oh, so you know the heart of God. And so when Paul the apostle, called by Jesus Christ himself, I believe he wrote Hebrews, wrote Hebrews, and he wrote this about the covenant mm-hmm. aspect. You're saying it's not right. God's heart. Is it inspired or not inspired? Because if it's inspired, it's from God's heart, okay? So is it not inspired? And who are you to say what is and isn't inspired in Scripture? It's like shooting fish in a barrel. These guys, they, they only know enough to bolster their own opinions, and they don't know how to put uh, two and two together and make it stick. So I would love to talk yeah. to these guys. Uh, okay. Arrange or arrange. Call me on the radio or arrange for us to have a discussion some night on some venue. I'd be glad to do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll I will. It out. Okay. I will. So much heresy, so little time. All right. All right. Bless you. <laughs> you too, man. God bless, Dave. All right. Yeah. See, this is the, that's where I light up. I love stuff like that. I, you know, I got issues. Um, my wife just said for some spontaneous reason in another room she goes amen and she goes what did i say that for but i'm sure it just happened um you know i love talking to uh to those who don't know biblical truth in a lot of areas and who add legalism uh, i love talking to them for one thing is practice but for another thing i get to use them as a sounding board to teach others and third you can try and teach them the truth so they can get out another bondage and uh, plus, fourth, for some strange reason, I just like heresies. You know, people like sports teams, okay? And, uh, man, look at that guy. that They can throw the ball really far. I don't follow sports and stuff like that. And my idea of a good time is listening to heresy. No. Yeah, I got issues. My wife just said amen again. She goes, she's going to come to me later and go, I can't help it. For some reason, I'm spontaneously saying amen. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to say anything. All right. So, hey, look, we have uh, four open lines, wide open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. And uh, I want to hear from you. So um, you don't have anybody waiting right now. So what I'm going to do is get to some of the questions and the comments, radio comments and radio questions. Uh, let's get to, let's try this one here. It says, um, I know James says that God doesn't tempt. I'm 
wondering if God not, not only allows trials, but causes, sends trials to believers. All right. Yes, he does. Uh, he does send trials upon us, and he certainly allows them to, uh, to come upon us. But he's not doing the tempting. So let me explain something about causality related to um, culpability. Now, those are two big words, but let me explain. So uh, causality is related to culpability. Okay, how? Culpability means you're responsible for an action or for an intention. You're responsible. So when Adam was in the Garden of Eden, he, he's called the efficient cause of his own sin. That's just a phrase, efficient cause, which means he decided to do it. Nobody decided to do it for him. He did it himself. No one forced him. So he's responsible for that action of his own sin. The proximate cause is the garden, the trees, God letting the devil in, etc. So those are the conditions in which Adam made his own free will choice. So God does not, in the efficient cause sense, tempt us. He does not bring a temptation to us by his own direct will, where he says, I'm going to put a temptation in front of you. Just here you go. You're tempted. Now I'm tempting you. That's not what happens. But he will allow, for example, causative context to exist in which various things can come to you where you can be tempted within them but he's not bringing the temptation he's allowing certain circumstances to come to your your door but if his desire is for you to honor him in all things and so he puts you through a trial and you have this opportunity to praise him and then in that you denounce something about god in your anger or your your frustration then you have sinned, but he didn't cause you to sin, even though the circumstances were there by which you were enabled to make a rebellious statement and therefore sin. So it's a difference between efficient causation related to the responsibility for sin and proximate causation that's not related to that. And proximate is how God allows certain things and trials to come to us, but the direct temptation is a, uh, is a different issue. hope that helps. Hey, there's the music. We'll be right back after these messages. Please give me a call. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We are on the last segment, the last part of the show. So if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. You can also email me at info at karm.org. Info at karm.org. And uh, put in radio question, radio comment. Let me see if I got some in. I got some other ones. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. I don't see any new ones that came in. Ooh, look at that. Hey. So talk, all kinds of stuff. How many do we have? We only have 149 in there. That's good. And uh, my, I'm looking at my other accounts, 241, <laughs> oh, man, 110, uh, 55. I don't even want to look anymore. i got so much stuff to do. 65, oh, yeah, yeah. So much to do, uh, but that's okay. That's all right. I don't mind. Okay, so let me get back to some of the radio questions here. So here's another one. Um, let's see. Oh. Uh, with the talking trees. I don't know about that one. I'm going to research that one. Let's see. There's another one. Let's see. I uh, hope you all praying as well. Okay. I know that Jesus is coming back, but I hear it is the second uh, coming. 
wouldn't this be considered his third because he was born a baby? Now that would be the first coming of Christ, his first arrival. Then rose from the dead and ascended to his father. And we're waiting for his return. So, uh, okay. Well, um, yeah, there's see, two. The, the first coming was his incarnation. The second will be his return from heaven. So ascending into heaven is not, it's, it's not a coming, it's a going. So it doesn't fit that category of what that is. Okay. All right. So there's that one. And that should be pretty easy. And uh, let's see. Let's see. Hey, why don't you give me a call? 877-207-2276. Uh, can I exegete Psalm 82.6? Well, let's do that. And that's an important verse. Uh, well, it's an important verse. So the Mormons use it a lot. It says, I said, you are gods, and uh, you're all sons of the Most High. Because Mormonism teaches we can become gods. You have to have secret handshakes, secret hugs, and uh, pay a full 10% tithe of your income to the church. You go to the temple. Uh, you know, you do secret rituals, get secret handshakes, uh, get a new name, and you have the potential of becoming a, a god. And this is just blasphemy. Uh, they are back under the law. They're back under their temples. Uh, one of the questions I'll ask Mormons when I'm talking to them is, why does the Mormon church put back what God destroyed? And they'd say, what? Yeah, the veil. The veil and temple, God destroyed it at the crucifixion of Christ. No more separation between God and man. Why does your temple put them back in? And it's a very interesting question. And they've never been able to answer that question. Why does the Mormon church put the veil back into the temple in their, in their so-called temples that they have? Uh, well, they have these the veils, you know, and they got to shake hands with, with the slits, through the slits of the veils. Why does God, uh, God destroyed it, Matthew 27, but yet you put it back? Why do you do that? And it's a good question. Which means, flat out, it means they're false because they don't understand what God did in Christ on the cross and because they don't understand how God destroyed that veil and what that destruction meant because they do not understand the truth of God's word or who God truly is they then put it back and then they polish all of their presentations they get smart people to say the right things and then they continue to polish through the decades to make themselves look good that's what Mormonism is. But nevertheless, so this is a, a Psalm 82 6 is an imprecatory uh, psalm. Psalm 82. Let me read the whole thing to you. Because this is really important. All you got to do is read context, okay? God takes his stand in his own congregation, he judges in the midst of the rulers. Now, the word rulers there in, in Hebrew is Elohim. He judges in the midst of the gods, okay? But the word here, it's, a, it's an issue because. Um, what the Mormons like to do is like to say, well, this proves there's gods out there. No, it doesn't, because uh, there's other verses that contradict their interpretation of this verse, because their interpretation is that these they're literally gods, but that's not the case when you read the context. The unrighteous judges on earth were referred to as gods because they had the power of life and death. We'll get to that in a second. Furthermore, when you quote them, Isaiah 43, 10, 44, 6, 44, 8, 45, 5, which there talks about God not even knowing of any other God. There's none before him, none after him. He doesn't even know of any other. So then how could there be other gods? And well, then they then go to the verses I quote and say, that just means of this world. But that's not what it says. He says he doesn't even know of any other. 
And if if Jesus is a God and the Holy Ghost is a God and uh, there's a mother goddess, that's other gods. Does he even know about those? Oh, it doesn't make any sense. But at any rate, we get back to this. Uh, and we know that these are the unrighteous uh, judges because it says in verse 2, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? So he's talking to the present people. He's not saying that they are gods, literally, but he says God takes his stand in his own congregation. He judges in the midst of all the gods. He's the sovereign king of all. How long will you judge? Because what the psalmist is doing is saying, you better look at who's the primary here. It's God, not you. Vindicate the weak and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. That's the command. And so the, he's talking about the unrighteous rulers. And they had the power of life and death. They're like gods. That's what it's, it's a mockery. This is called an imprecatory psalm. And um, he says, uh, they do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, ye are gods, and all of you are sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you will die like men, and fall like any one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for it is you who possesses the nations. So it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's an imprecatory psalm, and it's, a, it's God mocking the unrighteous uh, rulers. And that's what that is. That's what's going on. Let's get to Monique from North Carolina. Monique, welcome. You're on the air. I'm welcome. That's great. I have a question about apologetics. Is apologetics uh, more set up, for lack of a better way of saying it, to inform uh, the kind of the deep, the doctrinal, the... um, things that Jesus is saying, teasing them out, what they mean, Uh, or is it, or is it an and, a ministry also of love, like the the love of God and where that fits in our lives and how supreme it is over our lives. Yeah, it is an act of love because we're informing people about the false doctrines that they have and bringing the gospel to them. I'm sorry, could you say that first part again? I'm sorry, couldn't hear you, Claire. Sure, apologetics is an act of love, among other things, uh-huh. because uh, those who do apologetics are teaching the truth, refuting error, and that is loving your neighbor. Right. Because if we did not love them and care for them, we wouldn't care about telling them the, the, the truth. Right. So it is an act, it's one of the aspects of apologetics, and we're to do it with patience and kindness and um, uh, with love and, and humility. Okay? Okay. Right? And I asked... I, go ahead, would you? No, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I asked that because... And I would I would assume your answer is the answer I would have thought, you know, would, would be the actual definition, if you were, of it or purpose of it. But I'm just curious because, uh, honestly, brother, I don't, I'm still struggling with um, our last, I guess you can call it a conversation, when I was asking about the, you know, how the servant of God was must be, you know, kind, gentle, you know what it says, uh, apt to teach. And, you know, uh, how that is 
done, how it comes across, and particularly if there are insults in the. So what do you? What's your point? Because you're you're kind of just kind of going. So what's your point? Well, that that's that's what I practice before I call, uh, because I don't understand your kind of going. What I'm trying to do is clarify what I'm talking about. It, it wouldn't seem to be clear if I said, "Well, what do you think about that?" Jesus said. The servant of the Lord must be apt to teach, patient, you know, so forth and so on. In yeah. the context of interjecting, for whatever reason, at any time, insults into that. When you're talking, obviously, to the other non-believer or, you know, Can you give the me one an who opposes of such an insult. Can you give me an example? Yeah, okay. Okay, um, someone who, and we know the scripture talks about the the one who opposes himself, so you can instruct the one who opposes. So someone who opposes themselves is uh, a different end of the spectrum. Some of them are very arrogant about it. Others are just Can you give me an example? So uh, I'm a caller. I'm calling in about um, women pastors and how... I think it's bigoted that you would say that God doesn't want any women to preach. In, and you're pointing out, obviously, the scripture it's that talks about that. It's not never no, what no. I said. No, no, you said, you said, okay, back up, because you said, give you an example. No, 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 hold on. Isn't that? I, no, I, yeah, but you just misrepresented what I said, though. I, don't t- I didn't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I thought you said, give you an example. Yes, you did, and then I corrected your example. That's not what I say. You're, you're talking about me, right? Oh, well, no, no, not necessarily. I ah. can't. I would if you give me the chance to get there, but that's what I'm leading to. I don't like coming in with accusations, so I'm just giving the well, example then, like you asked. Just get to the point. What's your point? What do you want to say? You have okay. a complaint. What is it? Right, and and this is... This is what happens, and I don't. You hung up on me, a Christian who's trying to ask a question. Can you just um, get to the point? You're killing me. I'm. I'm being as patient as I can, but you're killing me. All right. I keep well, asking you the scary. same thing, and you beat around the bush so much. Please just okay, say help me, it. Please. Well, help me since you're in such a loving tone to say it, because that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> wow. I'm serious. Help me say it, because. I, I what do you want to say? I can't read your mind. You don't get to the point. Just talk to me. I'm a big boy. Okay. What do you want? Okay. Are you ready Just for the say- answer? Oh, joy. Okay, we're done. I'm sorry. Look, uh, you know. <laughs> Just. Um. Just, just talk. Just say it. Don't beat around the bush forever. That always drives me crazy. And then she just continues to do it. Look, just say this. Okay, fine. Let's talk about it. Oh, man, that's frustrating. It is. Okay. You've got to remember, I'm autistic, and it's like, just, just get to the point. I just keep saying it. Just get to the point. Just say it. And then she does it. Oh, man. So that's it. Just say it. What does it say? Just talk to me. So anyway, oh man, I get frustrated with stuff like that. I can't help it, folks. I I just the way I try. I try to be patient. I really do. I try to be patient, but sometimes you know. (laughs) 
So there you go. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that anyway. Maybe she'll call back and then maybe she can just write down a question or write down a statement. I think you're mean. Thank you. There you go. Let's talk. Okay. That's all she's got to do. Oh, all right, folks. Well, hey, by God's grace, we're back on the air tomorrow and we'll talk to you then. So have a good one, everybody. God bless. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.